Packers on the bye, nine and three, one of the best teams in the NFC, let alone the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, the reports are out that he is not going to get surgery on his fractured toe. That's the reports coming out there by Ian Rappaport as well as Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network. Rodgers dealing with a toe injury uh, since his time in quarantine when he had COVID. Now, he hasn't said what it is. A lot of speculation from, like, the Wall Street Journal falsely reporting, and I don't think they ever even apologized for it, falsely reporting that Aaron Rodgers had COVID toes. I saw Yahoo News run with it. I saw Business Insider run with it. I saw CNN run with it. I saw a bunch of other news publications run with this fake story that Rodgers had COVID toes. Rodgers came out, if you remember last week, when he, he busted out the toe. What was that, Wednesday? He takes off his shoe, busts open his toe right there to the camera in front of all the reporters and says, I have a fractured toe. And then talked about how the Wall Street Journal, Business Insider, et cetera, et cetera, is spreading disinformation. Thought it was absolutely incredible of Rogers going out there being like, well, I, that's disinformation. I can't believe I have to keep talking about my medicals, but yes, I have a fractured toe. And with that fractured toe, his return against the Seahawks, you know, a little left to be desired, but that was, you know, Russell Wilson, same way with the, getting that pin out of his thumb and the Packers offense kind of just looking disjointed. They did get to win against the Seahawks, obviously. And then Rodgers gets his toe stepped on, re-aggravates the fracture, and then in practice, like he did leading up to the Seahawks game, leading up to the Vikings game as well, just going through walkthroughs, studying the film, the tape, not really participating too much. And then against the Vikings, my God, he goes out there, first half a little disjointed, second half, vintage Aaron Rodgers, a guy that looked like he wasn't even bothered by a fractured toe, balling. Now, yes, the Packers did lose, but Rodgers again then takes the week off of practice, going through walkthroughs, just kind of there, being that super beautiful mind that he is and has, taking it all in, goes out and throws for 307 yards, two touchdowns, to lead the Packers to a 36-28 victory over the Rams. And then Rodgers was talking after the game, right? What is he going to do with the toe? Is he going to have surgery? Is he going to let it just have time, heal? He was very adamant that he was not going to miss any time when it comes to playing in games. In practice, sure. Games, no. Well, the report out there again from the NFL Network that Rodgers is opting not to have toe surgery and maintain that he does not plan to miss any time. So Rodgers, just crushing, man. Moving up the ranks on the NFL's MVP. I checked after, well, this was Monday morning about 5.30 a.m., I'll get up at 4, brew my coffee, get ready for work, give the kitties some wet food, pour my cup in my thermos, rub the sleepies out of my eyes, slam a big glass of water, get in my car, listen to some tunes, come into work, and then the first thing I did after cutting some sports flashes was I got to check that NFL MVP race. I got to see who's up there because Aaron Rodgers put on a hell of a show against the LA Rams with nine toes. Aaron Rodgers now third in the NFL MVP race. Number one, I'll check again. I checked yesterday morning. Number one, Tom Brady. Did you see that win the Buccaneers had coming back from the Colts? Hell of a game. Number one, Tom Brady. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And right now, Tom Brady, stop me if you heard this before, is the man. Number two on the list would be Buffalo Bills quarterback 
Josh Allen as the Bills just decimated the New Orleans Saints on Thanksgiving, 31-6. Josh Allen threw four touchdowns, 260 yards, but did throw two interceptions. And then you go look at number three on the list for NFL MVP. That would be Aaron Charles Rodgers, who has been moving up. I think he jumped from seventh to third. So with a broken toe, beating Jalen Ramsey off the block to get to the end zone to get things uh, rolling for the Packers against the Rams. Rodgers moving up after 307 yards, two tutties, and one rushing, obviously. Aaron Rodgers talks about how he does indeed expect greatness. I love this quote from Aaron Rodgers, especially on the toe injury. He expects greatness, my man A-Rodge. All right, here you go. Take a listen. Now, look, when I step on the field, I expect greatness. I think anyone who's a great competitor feels the same way. So, you know, I don't uh, lean on excuses and not practicing, little toe injury. You know, I expect greatness when I take the field. All right, so there you go, my guy Dominic. What's up, Dom? Good morning. He just tweets me. My Twitter account, Ebo, says, Rogers now up to second as of last night in the NFL MVP race. I will go check into that, my man, because if that's the case, love it. COVID scandal, that's the one thing I think that could keep Aaron Rodgers from an MVP. The media votes on who is the NFL's MVP. And right now, if you listen to a lot of media members, my God, they want you to feel bad for them because Aaron Rodgers duped them. And boy, do they want you to know it. It is hilarious. Aaron Rodgers, though, moving up the ranks when it comes to the MVP in Vegas eyes. Let's see here. According to... All right, Dominic, I got a couple up. Some places Rodgers is third. I'm still seeing third. DraftKings.com, Tampa Bay quarterback, Tampa, uh, Tom Brady, excuse me, is the favorite at plus 350. Josh Allen comes in second best odds at plus 450, followed by Rodgers at plus 600. Uh, this was still yesterday, though, so in the morning. Looking at my guys in Vegas to see where he is uh, at. Uh, but Allen jumped up and Rodgers also jumping up. You got Kyler Murray up there. Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, they remain in the hunt. Uh, Rodgers, though, if you remember, three-time MVP, who could forget? He's the reigning one right now. Made a big move after week 12, the week that just happened. So Rodgers began the week at plus 1,000. But then after his performance, two touchdowns, another rushing, 307 yards, surgical on the field, lasers, jumps to plus 600. Aaron Rodgers absolutely crushing it. Uh, wow, look at this. We got uh, f- from Australia on the Twitch channel. Let's go. Good morning. All the way from Australia. They go for Tampa Bay, says APC. Well, hey, Tom Brady's the man. That guy's the GOAT. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, though, if they have anything to say, let's get a win over uh, Tampa Bay. Could easily meet them in the playoffs, obviously. And hopefully it's at Lambeau again, and we get some uh, revenge if it is an NFC Championship game or a divisional, whichever. Uh, our guy Packers JT, good morning, Jeff, said, would the NFL really deny Rodgers an MVP based on the COVID situation? I uh, Yes, I do believe so. Uh, I think Rodgers, if if there is him and Brady, maybe Allen, I would say probably Brady, if him and Brady are neck and neck, maybe Rodgers has slightly better stats 
I bet you the media would side with Tom Brady, the golden boy. I honestly think Aaron Rodgers, despite now it's supposed to be on-field performance, right, the numbers. And, Jeff, I know you've heard some of the media members. They want you to feel so bad, so sorry for them that Aaron Rodgers misled them. Aaron Rodgers duped them. Aaron Rodgers hurt their feelings. They want it to be known that they have a bone to pick now with Aaron Rodgers. He's telling RJ I'm doing a float tank tomorrow. Float Madison downtown on, uh, I think it's right off the square. Probably should find out where it is. <laughs> the UW football team does it. Yeah. And UW sports in general do it. Yep. I know the guy that uh, he was on the show a couple years ago when we were doing a radiothon. He donated some float gift cards. Yes. And he said he was uh, installing them for uh, UW athletics. So it's I'm very excited. I've never done it before. You float in like, you know, super salt water and you literally float in this yeah. like sensory depriving tube. It'll be like uh I'm excited. It's supposed to be very relaxing and like meditation and yeah. like a journey. I, I've Inwards. never done it. So well, neither have I. You're, so you're gonna have to let me know. You want me to FaceTime you when I'm in there? <laughs> you allowed to bring your phone in? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, all right, 601-321-1670, Twitter. That's at Zone Madison. Search uh, twitch.tv. My name, Ebo, says hit the follow button. So we were talking Rogers. We were talking the bye week, talking, uh, you know, getting a little healthier. RJ, coming up, I do want to talk what is happening in college football right now because it's, uh, it's a crazy 24 hours. Very crazy 24 hours, and it could get potentially crazier. I mean, it has to. It has. We'll talk about it coming up. But first, <laughs> uh, we'll leave the coaches out of it right now. But yesterday, I after you had left, RJ, you know, Ben Kenny was in here. And uh, Pete from Monona had called in. I heard that, yeah. Very. And Pete said he was going to, like, step aside only during baseball season. And I told him, please don't. I love your takes, Pete. I love you calling yeah. in. Uh, the phone line's always open for anyone and everyone, including you, Pete, no doubt. I love your takes. Pete was very, and I think he shared a lot of sentiment of a lot of uh, Badger fans as well, was very upset with Wisconsin football. And I don't want to say where the program is headed or just where the program is. And it seems to be in this little, and it's kind of been like this for a long time, right? You get to a Big Ten championship game or you get close to a Big Ten championship game and you can never get over the hump. And sometimes you get egg on your face like Saturday mm-hmm. as what has happened in you know, Huntington Bank Stadium against the Minnesota Golden Gophers, or the egg on your face happens when you take on a team like Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. Right. You can never get over the hump. Mm-hmm. And it's time to mix it up, and it's time to, to, to do something different. After some time to sleep on it, RJ, and try to get all that Thanksgiving food out of my system so I'm not so lethargic, I still don't think wholesale firing and wholesale changes is a good idea for no, Wisconsin. It's, it's absolutely not. You're I don't gonna, think it's good. You'll turn into Nebraska. You'll turn into Texas. You'll turn into na- name anybody who has a couple down years. And outside of, what, four teams, nobody's won a national title in the last 10 years. Yeah, I just don't know. Like, I get I get it, though. I get the sentiment. It's like, why do we always get stuck in the like in third gear? You can never get to the next level. You can never get to the next gear. You're always in this it, almost, you're always the bridesmaid, never the bride. But what you just said, not many people are ever the bride. Right. You, you go and you make these changes just on a whim, you're going to turn into Texas. And every year you're going to say, well, we're back, and then yeah. you lose a bunch of games. Right. And and then the horns are you'll, down. You'll turn into Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Like, they fired uh, Zolich, or Zorich, Zolich, whichever one it is, uh, the, the coach right after 
uh, Tom Osborne, after a nine-win season. Yeah. And they were like, well, see ya. And then they spiraled out of control. Um, you so, know, it, I mean, what's the change, though, for Wisconsin? Is it – I'm trying to think of all the things that people were mad about yesterday. It was Paul Chris can't recruit – Paul Christ. Yet he had the he had a top fifteen recruit recruiting class last year. Yeah, and every year it seemed like the well, this is judging by the stars, right, and the ratings that yeah. come in. And now you can you can have all the accolades, but then when it comes to the field, it might not translate. I guess you could point at Graham Mertz for that to a degree. Yeah, but I mean, look at the recruits they do get that end up being in, in the NFL two three star recruits and go on to be team captains and 10-year NFL vets. And, like, if you're going off of Wisconsin, Wisconsin has never been able to recruit. I'm sorry, but... Well, they recruit a certain guy. Right, but they're... they're The five, four, four and five-star guys at the skill positions aren't necessarily going to come here because other places can sell the warm weather in winter. <laughs> like, which is a which is an easy thing yeah. to sell. And like all these people are like, well, we we are able to get all these guys. No, we're not. Like Wisconsin is just not able to get and you, you can point well, to you Michigan, sell- you can point to Ohio State and say, look at what they're doing. Well I, I'm sorry, but what's up Michigan warm- and Ohio State have always been ahead of Wisconsin and the rest of the Big Ten. Yeah. Well it's not warm in Michigan. It's not warm in Michigan right. State. It's not warm in Columbus, Ohio, but they have a little something different than Wisconsin doesn't. Right. Pedigree, like big pedigree. Well, Michigan State doesn't. Well, yeah. And you know what? They can go ahead and spend $95 million on Mel Tucker after a year. <laughs> By the way, Jalen Berger now the yeah, Spartans. Yeah, saw that. Badgers will see him once if they never play in the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, we'll talk game. about that coming up with, um, with Berger. But like some of this spending after after just reloading your entire roster out of the transfer portal. You became a contender. That's not going to happen every year. Yeah, it's just not like you can't replace. Like what they had twenty freshmen and twenty transfers come in. Yeah, like that. That's not going to happen every year. No, you're not going to get everybody to come play for you every year. Um, if your recruiting style is working the transfer portal, I understand. That's um, that's going to be a new way to do things. But if that becomes, you're not going to have an identity. Sure, you'll you'll hit and have some good seasons, but how are you going to create an identity when you're not, if you're there for a long time, you're not going to have yeah. 20 kids quit the program on you no. because you're a new coach. No. You're going to have you're sustained, going to have so, you would hope sustained yeah. success with the players that you... You, plus, that you like and that you bring your in. senior class is going to graduate, and you're still only going to have twenty some odd scholarships available. Yeah, what are you good? You going to go get twenty kids, so and, and start doing the recruiting the SEC way and drop a kid like right before signing day? Don't you? Th- I mean, I'm sure you think this though, but don't doesn't Wisconsin have to do something? Yes, but that's the big question, right? Like, what is that something? I mean, is it as simple as bring in a new fresh at, voice for OC? At one point, it was pay your assistants. Well. They they get paid if they do good. Remember, Bet, Brett Bielema's assistants left for head coaching jobs and off uh, and coordinator jobs that they weren't going to fire somebody here yeah. to get ahead of them. Their their stop was where it's at. You're not going to pay a position coach a million dollars. 
You're just not. Yeah. I mean, that's dumb. <laughs> um, there's other ways to spend your money. It's do you and God, we're up against the break at the racer's edge coming up here. There's so many layers to this onion, right? And obviously, it hurts the most, I think, because you had a chance at the Big Ten West going to the title game, and you take on Michigan and not in Ohio State. And then the biggest, you know, thorn in your side, I guess, is knowing that you lost to PJ Fleck and the Golden Gophers, and the axe is gone. I think yeah. I think that's the thing that obviously everything else hurts, but I think the fact that it was at the hands of PJ Fleck, who outcoached Paul Christ, there's no denying that. That's the one I think that hurts Badger fans the most. For me, anyways. Yeah, and I mean, God, P.J. Fleck. And he, he, listen, he's a smarmy guy, but he had a hell of a game plan. The Badgers didn't adjust, though. Yeah, I mean, neither side of the ball adjusts. It's not, you don't have to have a good game plan if something's working and the other team is just refusing to change anything. And yeah. uh, that also falls on Jim Leonard. I mean, yeah, they exposed the middle of the field and you just left it open the whole time. Yeah. Like, I would have, sure, you you held their two running backs to combine to under 100 They yards. outrushed Wisconsin. But still, you held their running game yeah. under 100 yards too. You took away their bread and butter, and yet you still didn't, you, you played your safeties too deep to, to cover the middle of the field and prevent what happened to you against, uh, Nebraska. The only difference is Nebraska's defense still isn't anywhere being good. <laughs> Nebraska. Uh, at least we can laugh at them still. RJ, what a wild circus has been since Sunday until last night in college football. Probably going to get even more wild. Lincoln Riley, who vehemently denied reports that he would coach at LSU on Saturday night. Nobody followed up. <laughs> like, I'm like, this guy was adamant that he was not Going to be coaching at LSU. It's yep. not happening. Correct. Because he probably couldn't do a good go Tigers. Go do you think Brian Kelly can? Go Tigers. No, 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 I don't think he can either. Lincoln Riley adamant, vehemently denying that he would not be coaching or that he would coach at LSU. He's like, no, 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 no. Well, turns out he's, you know, something in place already. because yeah, he was going to USC. He's going to USC. <laughs> but my guy got off the, the tarmac yesterday in a personal jet yeah, with that, his family. That, that deal he, was in place for weeks. Had to have been. Had to have been. Uh, yeah, so Lincoln Riley is now at USC. Seeing part of that deal, like uh, he gets unlimited use of that private jet <laughs> and, for family and all that. Now, USC is a private school. Yeah. Like they – can have a little bit of different rules. Of course. For Lincoln Riley's going to be living the high life. Yeah. Or higher life. Um, and I'm not from, coaching at LSU, from, okay? From what I've read, it the main factor is Oklahoma decided to go to the SEC. Was that what it was? Yep. I mean, he'd still be at Oklahoma had they not agreed to go to the SEC. Interesting. Like, the more and more it, it's looking like now, watching Texas flounder, Yep. Watching what's going on with the mass exodus now at Oklahoma. The SEC looks like they're just doing a money grab oh, like the Big Ten did of course. with the TV markets of Washington, D.C. and New York yeah. with Maryland and Rutgers. Well, Oklahoma's got the accolades, right? 55-10 and 10 under Riley. They uh, went to three college football playoff appearances with the Sooners. And let's see here. Riley... Four Big 12 titles, uh, all but in 2021 when they lost, obviously. Um the title against the rival of the Cowboys. Um, so, or lost the chance to play, excuse me. Yeah. So you look at Oklahoma. They're, you know, Riley said 
I'm not coaching at LSU. Not happening. I mean, you're walking into and he flies to USC. You're walking into. Um, hey, USC is the world a better place when USC's good? I mean, yeah, I guess it's entertaining. And then you look at Notre Dame, right, RJ? Yeah. Well, Brian Kelly. What a bizarre fit. Yeah, I I do not honestly. I mean, and it probably could. It probably he, he's a good coach. Um, I don't like him as a human being because he killed a kid, <laughs> and that's not a joke. No, nope, that's, um, that's true. But Ryan Kelly is uh, exiting Notre Dame, and um, I, I going don't to LSU. I don't see how that is a cultural fit at all. I don't. I don't like. Do you think the guys ever even had jambalaya? No, he's the most <laughs> northern guy I've ever seen. Yeah, like what a strange fit. Th- there's there's people posting pics of him when he used to like yell and become beat red by yelling at his quarterbacks for screwing up uh, that it's like, this is what it's going to taste. This is his face when he tastes mama's first gumbo at a recruiting visit, you know, uh, like I, I, yeah. It, so you, you sent me a tweet last night. So uh, this is usually how things go, but Brian Kelly has ghosted everyone at Notre Dame. Just spoke to one of the assistants who saw reports on his phone tonight as he was exiting a recruit's home saying, quote, the news broke when I walked out of the house, so I look like an effing a-hole. Right. Because you're recruiting to like, come play for Brian Kelly. Honestly, this isn't how it works. <laughs> like, you tell your team before it breaks, or you're in the city that you are the current coach of, <laughs> so you can tell the team, yeah, I'm leaving for so-and-so. It's it's the same, like, like I... I they had a meeting at 7 a.m. I don't know if so. Uh, here, here's I don't the, know if Notre Dame, Indiana is on Central Time or East Coast Time right now. But either way, the meeting started a half hour ago, or it was an hour and a half ago. Yeah. Um, I'd like to know how many people showed up for so, that. So, because he sent an email out last night at 10:08 p.m. and uh, it, that was like some uh, team app they have. Uh, someone screenshot it and posted it on Twitter. Yeah. Said, men, let me first apologize for the late night text, and more importantly, for not being able to share the news with you in person that I'll be leaving Notre Dame. I am flying back to South Bend tonight to be able to meet with you in the morning, but the news broke late today, and I'm sorry you found out through social media or news reports. I will have more to share when we meet tomorrow at 7 a.m., but for now, just know that my love for you is limitless. What is he, Bradley Cooper? And I am so (laughs) proud of all of you and what you have accomplished. Our program is elite because of your hard work, commitment, and I know that will continue. Yada, 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 blah, 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 Coach Kelly. Now the question is, RJ, could the college football get crazier? Oh, no, it is Urban will. Meyer going to come to Notre Dame? That's that's he's a report always said out there. that's his dream job. Well, Urban Meyer put on the Fighting Irish garb and come to Notre Dame. Ah, my, so my, the my, meeting my, was an hour and a half ago, and uh, Brian Kelly left real quick. Apparently, was that an SUV speeding out of yeah South Bend? That I just saw via. How'd you like to be the Notre Dame police having to escort him back to the airport? I'd be like, yeah, you're on your own, bud. You don't work here anymore. That's funny, dude. How'd how'd Bielema leave? He called that meeting, right? And said, you can either come up and shake my hand or you can leave the room. And from what I hear, most people went out the back door. Yeah, that's what I heard, too. Gary Anderson, how'd he leave? Got his Uh, ass kicked in the... (laughs) And then had a team meeting the next day uh, after the final game of the season. And said, hey guys, I'm going to Oregon State. And people laughed at him. They thought he was joking. Nope. And then he, nope. got, then he quit like, there. Yeah. Then he quit there because he couldn't do it right. Well, first he threw everybody but himself under the bus. 
but never took then, his uh, his. He always gave back money. You know, every stop he had, he gave back money, like his signing bonus or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, I forgot what. A, I don't think it was a signing bonus, but be like I, I'm not taking yeah, that he, money. He gave everything back, which good on him. Yeah, Most coaches don't. Very rare. Then he went to Utah State, dug them into a hole, and then quit and, and, quit. and gave money back again. Yeah, I'm gonna get a little personal here, quick. Oh, it's just uh in the bathroom. Oh, I had to go number one. Yeah, it was really like really dark. Did like you, really dark. Didn't turn on the lights. No, no, no. Oh, my, the number one. Yeah, it oh. was like insanely dark. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, oh, I've only drank a lot of water and coffee, and then I remembered, oh, I ate a lot of beets last night. Oh, okay, yeah, that'll do it. And then I thought of Matt Lafleur. I would have gone Dwight Schrute because I thought Matt Lafleur because you know he he said I want my players to piss hot, right? And then I thought to myself, a guy who I mean, pisses hot. I mean, everybody does. This guy pisses hotter than anyone I know. Grant Bills of the Let's Go Sports Show. <laughs> Hello, Grant. Uh, hello, Evo. What was that? What were those guttural noises in the background? You know, you, I don't know. I'm trying to get fired up at 7.40 in the morning. Oh, I thought you were watching reruns of Home Improvement. It was Tim Allen. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I heard your comment about your number one, and I didn't believe it because, Evo, you're such a healthy person. I know you hydrate. Those and beats. I know you eat healthy. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. I'm trying to be healthy this week because I have a bachelor party this weekend. <laughs> And that's Ooh. the weekend after Thanksgiving, and then we got Christmas coming up. So I'm trying to trying to be healthy. So I'm going to get a nice workout in this morning. Drink a lot of water today. Yeah, fluoride free. A lot of water, Grant. And here's the thing: every time I eat beets, the next day I'm always concerned that like I'm like going through some health crisis. Then I have to remember, oh yeah, I eat a lot of beets. So just if <laughs> Your you eat kidneys beets, are not in fact shutting down. Yeah, if you eat a lot of beets, Grant Bills, don't be alarmed the morning after. Okay, buddy. I don't know if I have any, but I don't know the last time I've had. I roasted them. Roasted them last night. But, roasted beets, roasted carrots, roasted potatoes, ah. some roasted garlic, some roasted red onions. Beautiful. Can I move? Can I move in with you? And some brown and rice. Just, and just eat. I don't need a lot of food, but just some of your meals. I, yeah, I can move yeah, in. You won't even know I'm there. I'm, I'm a hell really of a chef. Quiet. Yeah. I know. I Grant, know. Uh, Grant, I am not. Something that, oh, by the way, for your bachelor party, just I suggest a dab of your own saliva on your forehead and then put a dollar bill on it. You'll thank me later. All right, so Grant, when it comes to the Packers, you were all yes. over Twitter in that loss to the Vikings, and you said you were very upset that your team had lost. You said that to me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm concerned. Uh, your viewing habits, what were you doing on Sunday? Because you had nothing to say about the fantastic performance from Rodgers. A fantastic performance from the offense and the Packers, and as well as the you know the defense. Where, where was Grant Pills? You know, well, there's so much to unpack. Oh, you had a lot to say about Rodgers and the Vikings' loss, but I didn't, you know, nothing as he shot up the third and MVP now. Well, what I was doing on Sunday, <laughs> uh, I was actually I was trimming our tree while I was watching. Oh, so I, I tried to get off my phone, get some of the put some of the negativity away. Mm, mm. Um, and I was we were putting the lights on my, on our new Christmas tree, and Evo. I, I never thought the Packers were going to lose that game. Hmm. Like they, they took a lead early, and did you at any point during that game think, "Oh shoot, we might lose this"? Like no. I, the Rams don't scare me. No. Like I never thought they were going to lose. No. So when I'm not locked in and I'm not stressed out over the game, and when I'm just allowed to, you know, hang out with my roommate and his his lovely girlfriend was over, and she was telling us, hey, you know, how the lights look, and we a little little more this way, a little more that way. <laughs> I, I was just in a great mood. And it turns out when I'm in a great mood, I do a lot less tweeting. Yeah. Um, well, staying off social media is good works. for everyone's mental health, to be honest with you. It is. Uh, it is. But I know that for this job, you know, there's followers of ours and people who like the show. 
um, and friends who like to call the show and tweet the show, and, and they're on yeah, Twitter right. and they want to hear from us. So I need to be better. I agree. No, no, um, I was just confused why you had a lot to say about Rogers. You know, not you know living up to your standards, but then when he goes and raises his MVP to third in the country, you know, in the NFL, you you know, it's quiet. I mean, you know what's funny, and this is what I said about the game yesterday, Evo. The Packers didn't even—they played fine on Sunday. Like they—they they did nothing insane. They gained fewer you yards. Aaron Rodgers beat Jalen Ramsey on a foot race of nine toes. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that that was great. And he was, I think, whatever it was, five of five or six of six when targeting Jalen Ramsey. Like, yeah, he he was he was very good. He was he was better than. Well, actually, I don't know if he was better than he was against the Vikings. I guess I didn't think about it. But my point is. The Packers didn't do anything insanely well on Sunday. They just played their game, yeah. and then the Rams imploded because that's what the Rams have been doing. That's not taking anything away from the Packers. That's, the Packers know what they are, Ebo, and they do it really, really well. Yeah, and that way they don't have to play a perfect game. The Rams have no clue who they are and what they're doing. They're clueless. Right no, now. and in fact, you're the one tweet that you did have, you and I, I had no idea that you tweeted out until I went back because you favorited my tweet, so I went and looked at your Twitter account. You and I are both on the same wavelength. Great minds do indeed sometimes think alike, Grant Bills. Matt Stafford yeah. looked like he had a Lions jersey on for a lot of that game. Oh, yeah. Well, Evo, I, I talked about this on my show, and I mentioned this a couple of times throughout the year. What I'm realizing is that no one watched the Lions for years. Like the Colin Cowherds and the talking heads of the world, they knew who Matt Stafford was, and they're like, oh, he's very good, but the Lions suck. But they never watched the Lions. Like us as Packers fans, we watched them a couple times a year because when the Packers played them and then, you know, Lions, Bears, or Vikings, Lions, if that's on at noon, we'd watch. Matthew Stafford is good, but he's just not, he's not that. He makes a couple of plays a game that really, really hurt his team. And that's what you've seen the last couple of weeks, the, yeah. the turnovers. He has three pick sixes the last three games. Rodgers has three pick sixes his entire career. Mm. Right? That's just kind of who Matt And Graham, you might is. make the case that that's three too many for Aaron Rodgers and he should be punished. Yes. Yeah. Oh, all right. All right. That's, that's not why we're here. <laughs> hey, Grant, though, when you look at the Green Bay Packers, obviously they need this buy to get healthier. Uh, I, I think you and I agree on this one. The Packers haven't even begun to hit their stride yet, have they? They haven't even, to quote Dennis Reynolds from Always Sunny, they haven't even begun to peak. <laughs> I was watching Always Sunny last night. New season starts. Uh, is that later? This when does the new season start? Soon, hey, us Golden Gods can get together and watch it. You know. Yeah, we can watch them Always Sunny. Um, what's great about the Packers, and it's what I said yesterday, and I, I think I mentioned it a minute or two ago. They know who they are. Like the identity of this team is very clear, and that's why even when they suffer injuries, they can still win because yeah. they know who they are and they know how they play. Right, or even when they turn the ball over once or twice, or when they're not perfect, or they have a special teams gap, they can still win. They can go to Arizona, really beat up, and still win. So they, what they've done is they built this really solid foundation of offensive and defensive football. And when they get these guys back healthy, they're only going to get better. So what they've created is this perfect little this landing spot, Evo. So when Zadarius comes back or, or Jair comes back, they just get better and they're ready to receive these guys with open arms. And, and all of these backups. You know, on the offensive line and Rasul Douglas and even Eric Stokes, all these backups are getting such great experience. Mm-hmm. So if they're able to get healthy later this year, about this team is going to be, oh, they're going to be in such a good spot. Yeah. Uh, Grant Bills with the Lisco Sports Show joining us right now. Grant, your bread and butter, um, more than anyone I know, regular season NBA. How about the Milwaukee Bucks, dude? Now fifth in the Eastern Conference. I know they're down there a little bit. Has winners of seven straight. Welcome in the Hornets tomorrow to the Pfizer Forum. What's the vibe on the Bucks right now? Getting healthier, finding them their identity a little more, or like what? I'm sure they know their identities, Giannis and Nakumbo. But what is the Milwaukee Bucks right now? Yeah, I. And how is the regular season NBA? Like, 
Then the Mello, the Ball um, Brothers went after it last night too, yeah. Yeah, and and my roommate who is around, he's a Chicago sports fan, so he could Dude, kind the of pay the Bulls. And I know they've been a fun team, and I've been following along with the Lakers because they keep losing. I and love it. What happened with LeBron and Isaiah Stewart, and there was a fight, and like that was great. Um, did, Re- did LeBron I, like, not play last night against the Pistons? Or uh, when did they play? Maybe think of something. Sunday, else. no, he Sunday. did. He Sunday. played. He played extremely well. MVP type performance, and they beat the four win Pistons by by four. It was inspiring. The Lakers <laughs> are totally back. Yeah, I can't uh, stand with the, Bucks, the Lakers. Y- yeah, with the Bucks, they've been a tricky team to talk about because they haven't really been healthy. Yeah. So for a couple of weeks, I was like, eh, you know, hopefully you steal some some wins against the really bad teams, but. In the meantime, you're waiting for Drew to get healthy. Or Middleton had COVID, and Brook is still out. They brought in Demarcus Cousins yeah, to maybe boogie, get man. some of those backup. Yeah, why not? It's a long season. You need to eat some minutes. The Bucks have been a rather boring team, and you've seen it in a couple of instances how damn good they are. If they just have three or four of their starters healthy, so now you just need to get Brook back because they know who they are. You're exactly right. You know they retained everyone from their championship run, and Giannis has gotten even better because he's insane. He's like the that. Greek freak. Yeah. Other than that, there's not a whole lot to say about the Bucks right now. You know, even regular season, NBA, regular season you know. NBA. Yeah, I can admit that. Well, Grant, before I let you go, now Giannis Antetokounmpo, I, this blows my mind. But on November 23rd, uh, the Greek freak tweets out, "You won't believe me, but a kid just told me to try dunking my Oreos in milk." And he says, "Man, that's a game changer." <laughs> Mad, my girl didn't tell me sooner, and it's a new bedtime snack. Do you have? Because uh, everyone listens to my show as well as your show, Grant Four to Six on the Wisco Sports Show. Uh, do you have any other, you know, I'm putting you on the spot, little advice for Giannis Ooh. when it comes to some eating habits, like uh, anything that Grant Bills does that uh, he thinks Giannis should try? Well, I eat, like, dump, so <laughs> it's probably something I can think of. Like, you can't, um, do you go get, like, uh, get, like, a McChicken with extra pickles and extra mayonnaise or something? Um, man, I haven't been to Mac Shack in a while. Well, that's good, it's I poison. I know. I normally lean towards Taco Bell, but I don't Oof. get as much fast food as I used to. That's good. And that, yeah, cut that's that out. Good. Cut that out. Um, I drink. I've kind of replaced that with beer. Kind of. Yeah, we don't need Giannis drinking beer. Yeah, no. No, we don't. He doesn't need to discover. I mean, that. he can if he uh, wants, but we don't want to give him that Wisconsin, you know, you know, that Wisconsin six pack on his stomach. Yeah, really. I something that I eat this time of year now that it's chilly. Uh, so I'm a big ramen guy because oh. I get home Evo at you know seven after my show and I. I want to sit down, and that's kind of the day is over, and i got to watch games. So I eat a little bit of ramen. Something I like doing is I put a little bit of sriracha in my ramen, Ooh. mix that up so it's a little spicy. And that's That could be something, right? I'm that's sure awesome. Giannis is taking notes right now. He is listening. A little spicier than the Kumbo <laughs> coming up here. Yeah, get him, get, him to call, get him to call in. If he's listening, get him to call yeah, in. He can give me his dad jokes because he just see his joke last night. Or, uh, no, two say? days ago, he says, how do you make a tissue dance? You put a little boogie in it. Oh, yeah. My dad jokes are back, Giannis. <laughs> In honor of DeMarcus Cousins, Boogie Cousins. I yeah, love it. yeah. And he told us his play will not be limited. So Aaron is telling us that he's had that toe immunized against the pain. Rodgers takes the toss, takes it in. Touchdown, Green Bay. He's not missing practices for any reason. He's definitely battling through this. I think he's one of the toughest competitors that I've ever been around. I just can't tell you enough, obviously, what he means to this football team, this organization, and and what he provides for us. 
The Packers coming off their win over the L.A. Rams. They now have their bye week. We welcome in our guy, Mike Clemens. Good morning, Mike. How are we doing today, my friend? Morning, Ebo. Yeah, I I was kind of surprised. I thought sometimes they keep these guys over for a day or two. Um, If you were healthy, you could be on your way to Cabo last night. (laughs) Uh, The rest of the guys, like Aaron Rodgers, are in for treatments. He had MRIs yesterday. You know, this was the interesting thing. You know, he he injures this toe while he's on the COVID leave, uh, while he was conditioning, he said. And, you know, the pain is probably pretty similar to, you know, a nail in your pinky. That's in your pinky toe. That's what he's going through with that fractured toe bone. When he played against the Vikings, he looked a little sluggish in the first half. You saw him standing in the tunnel just before halftime, and then he went in for treatments. Uh, He looked much better throughout the game against the Rams. And so, you know, we talked to him about how different was dealing with the toe pain in the Vikings game versus the Rams game Sunday night. The difference is I didn't have to get shot up again at halftime. <laughs> uh, so I'm definitely the healing this week, not practicing. Last week I tried to do some stuff on Friday. I felt like we needed maybe a little jolt. And that kind of, I think, impacted uh, Sunday a little bit from a pain standpoint, kind of get to a better spot. So I've definitely felt better. But – Third quarter, late third, early fourth, you know, and I I got stepped on early in the game. There was definitely some pain I was dealing with. I don't know. Is what you guys saw on tape exactly what they showed you? Was it your offensive line? Was it big plays by Randall and then he doesn't come back in the second half? Or is it a quarterback who didn't practice at all last week? I mean, what are your pregame warm-ups like right now? Is that in your head a little bit? A little more adrenaline rush? Like, how's this going to go? Because it looked to me like your flow was the best of the season. Now, look, when I step on the field, I expect greatness. I think anyone who's a great competitor feels the same way. So, you know, I don't uh, lean on excuses and not practicing, little toe injury. You know, I expect greatness when I take the field. You know, it, it definitely isn't the ideal situation not to practice. But I can go out there and take mental reps and go through the plan and my preparation and feel good about what I'm doing. And when I get out there, I just got to rely on my instincts. I thought we, did, we didn't run it great, definitely not from an average standpoint. I thought Matt did a good job of mixing up what we were doing on offense and allowing me to get the ball out quickly, you know, to move the ball. Now, red zone, again, that's been kind of our bugaboo this season. We had a couple opportunities with short fields on turnovers and only turned them into six points. Uh, that can't keep going. You know, we, we this should have been a 40-point game for us like we felt last week, and we're just not clicking in the red zone. Yeah, they definitely left some points on the board, Mike, but Aaron Rodgers, 307 yards, two touchdowns, and on nine toes beating Jalen Ramsey into the end zone on a foot race. That's pretty nice. <laughs> nine toes. <laughs> uh, and bugaboo. I love how you, yeah. you got bugaboo worked in there in a post-game yeah. press conference. I like to work the word scuttlebutt in. That's a nice one, too. Yesterday, Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, says in the afternoon, okay, Rodgers had the MRI, and, you know, the decision is, um, he's not going to have the surgery. And then about an hour or two later, we ask Matt LaFleur, what does he know about Rogers' decision and what he's going to do regarding surgery? Yeah, I, I don't know where that's at. Um, I know he's he's gathering other opinions, so, um, you know, we'll see where that goes. I think LaFleur is getting sick of uh, ask, answering questions about Rogers' medicals. <laughs> that's what the vibe I get. Well, but, what you know, what's interesting to notice is it sounds like Maybe there's more to it than that, you know. That Rogers is no, it's it's not, it's not decided yet. That Rogers is the last that the coach heard. Rogers is still pursuing other 
opinions, that sounds more like a Rogers thing. Mm. In the meantime, Randall Cobb, I mean, they finally break this guy out. He looked great. They got him involved in the offense. Uh, you know, that you get him a ball that for most people's maybe a 20-yard game. He turns it into 54. He gets that touchdown, that seven-yard touchdown, in the gold zone, as, as they call it. <laughs> but he came up kind of limping, and this bothered me. This doesn't sound good when he was asked about Randall Cobb was announced that he did not come back in the second half with a groin injury. Uh, what's the status of that, Matt LaFleur? Yeah, I don't have any updates in terms of the severity. Uh, we're still kind of gathering opinions. But, uh, yeah, he, he just he got hurt on that touchdown catch. And, um, you know, it was, it's a big-time credit to him to be able to hang on. And, uh, you know, afterwards I was kind of giving the guys some some grief for – He's in he's in the end zone and they're they're pushing him around and he's kind of hobbling and you can you can subtly see it on the, on the tape. Yeah, that was disheartening, especially when he didn't come out you know in that second half because he looked so damn good. He had a little redemption after that you know that that muff punt or kickoff or whatever he had, and then you know he scored the touchdown. Then that scene was disheartening. I've seen the Packers talk about a groin injury, and then the next thing you know, the guy's having core muscle surgery. Mm. So Nathaniel Hackett's the offensive coordinator. Uh, talking about getting him and uh, getting Randall Cobb involved in the offense, that touchdown. Listen to this. This you know, Lafleur would never say this. This is great when you get this information from an assistant coach. Hey, that touchdown to Cobb, man, that's one of his favorite plays. Which means, hello, <laughs> hello Bears, are you paying attention? So Hackett talked about that touchdown reception just before the halftime against the Rams. Oh, I, that play first and foremost is one of Matt's favorite plays of all time. So um, he was very emotional with that one, and it was specifically designed for Cobb to do it because uh, we knew he would do the best job at it. And uh, I mean, just his toughness and, and his grit, and just the way that he's been playing all year has been just awesome to to be a part of and watch for a guy. You know, he he came in this year and not knowing him very well, but what Aaron had, how Aaron had always talked about him previously that uh, it's been so much fun having him out there. And, I mean, just the, I mean, he takes a check down for 30-some yards uh, when we caught the little wide. And then he has the explosive seam route, which was just beautiful uh, by both of those guys. And then to be able to make that tight window throw, take two hits, and still get, hey, was, still get hurt. I don't even know if he knew he was hurt because everybody started banging him around. You could see him kind of limping on one leg. Um, but, again, it just shows how tough that guy is. I mean, he's a stud, and, and we're so lucky to have him. Total stud, but, Mike, you had mentioned gold zone. Are they still calling it the gold zone this year? Is it more like the, oh, fool, yeah. the fool's no, gold zone? Yeah, no, uh, Hackett is still you know, adamant about calling it the gold zone. That's their thing. So when you stepped out of the car Sunday morning, walking up to Lambeau Field, it was cold, and the winds were sustained. I took one picture of how the flags were wrapped around the, the poles uh, because the winds were so heavy and changing atop Lambeau Field. And so uh, Mason Crosby, he was three for four on field goals. He missed the one. We noticed that all of his kicks sort of were veering to the left. And we asked Mo Drayton, the special teams coordinator, uh, if he noticed that as well. Oh, my goodness. The winds were horrific yesterday, and I think we saw that on both ends. You saw it with us uh, having trouble fielding a punt as well uh, with their returners fielding the ball. The wind was it was a little it was a it was definitely a Lambo wind. Uh, it was it was tricky on yesterday. So I, uh, those balls were, were going in that in that direction because of the wind. Yeah, that's the special teams, Mike. They just can't help themselves, though, even wind or not. You know, it's, it's been getting tough. <laughs> so they hope that they're getting the long snapper, the holder, Corey Bohorquez, down in their timing with, uh, with Mason Crosby. But for a punter, 
Bojo, as LaFleur calls him, he had the 6-1 yarder. And what was unique about that was it came off his foot. You know, he's left-footed. And it looked more like a Aaron Rodgers pass. It was low and a really tight spiral. Landed at about the 20 or 15 and then bounced. And then those guys downed it at the yeah. 1. It turned out to be a net 61 yards. And we asked Drayton um, if uh, about, you know, that was, was that intentionally a low line drive type of punt? So, yes, it, it was. Uh, what, we, what we didn't want to do was have the ball hang up in the wind. And because the wind was so unpredictable, uh, we didn't want the ball to, uh, to, to be um, affected that way. So we were trying to cut through the wind best we could. That's smart football. Yeah, that, that is. That, that's the kind of special teams that this franchise has needed for years to get to that next level to flip the field. So then Rasul Douglas. You know, drafted by the Eagles when the Eagles were, uh, you know, on their way to a championship, uh, let go was with two or three teams was sitting there on the Cardinals practice squad when these guys signed him, and we talked about him preparing for Odell Beckham and Cooper Cup for this game, and uh, that pick six that he had early in the third quarter that uh, you know really flipped the game. Um, just reading the quarterback, uh, Sam Thoa, and I just wanted to make a play. Uh, well, this week, guys came in and just was frustrated uh, how we lost and how we didn't look well. Um, this week, we just made a big uh, thing on it that we were going to do the right things. We were going to do our jobs um, and just make the plays that come to us and not try to uh, make plays that's not for us. Uh, we knew the Rams had a good offense. I just added a new guy, Nodell. So we knew they were going to come in pumped. They just had a bye week, come up a bye week. So we knew it was going to come out swinging, but we just stuck to what we know. Uh, Coach did a good job giving us a game plan. And we just followed through. Rasul, did you anticipate that Matthew was going to go more to Cooper, you know, in the van than maybe necessarily Odell because Odell's still been there? And have you prepared for Odell in the past in your career to kind of know what was ha- going to happen this week? Um, I mean, Cooper Cup, don't he got like 10,000 receiving yards already in like eight weeks? So, I mean, we know that's, that's his guy. Uh, we know a lot of balls get thrown to him. He makes a lot of plays. He's, he's a good receiver. I guess we, we thought that Bobby would help Odell kind of get the playbook and know it. Um, this is his third week there. So we kind of knew he would be uh, featured. That's why I guess that's why they, they brought him there, to, you know, to throw him the ball. So, yeah. Mike, I think since, uh, like, Odell Beckham Jr. obviously coming in as winless now with the Rams, but since Von Miller came, the Rams are now 0-3. You know, listen, that look at that team. I mean, the Rams, how many what picks did they give to Detroit? First-rounders, second-rounders, to get to flip Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff. Look at the picks that they used on Vaughn Miller last month. Look at the picks they used two years ago to get Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. And he's getting covered by Rasul Douglas. Yeah, who's, who's winning. Years old, who's winning. You know, sitting on a practice squad. Yeah. And you ask Joe Barry about, is he surprised that Douglas is not a starter somewhere else in the NFL? Me being around, you know, Sewell for, for, you know, five weeks now, I can't believe that this guy hasn't, you know, landed a, a secure spot on a roster um, just because of not only the, the, the plays that he's made for us, but, you know, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you guys, just, just witnessing him the way he approaches the game as a pro. Um, this guy is is... You know, there's there's been countless times where on Wednesday or Thursday nights, you know, I go down in the cafeteria to get something to eat at, you know, 8 o'clock at night, and Sewell's sitting in there at, at the table, you know, with his iPad studying film. And, um, 
you know, he's just a, he's a, he's a gym rat. He works at his craft. He's been thrust into some goofy situations in the sense where we've had guys go down in game or kind of like what happened with Stokes, you know, before the Kansas City game where we literally, the Kansas City game, you know, we knew he was going to play that game, but we didn't know that he was going to play exclusively that game. And, we, you know, we told him 15 minutes before the game and he went out and, you know, Played his butt off. Yeah, Rasul and a bunch of other guys. Brian Gutekunst, the guy, the GM, Mike, right, who had so much flack over the offseason about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, now I don't think anyone really sings his praises over the moves he's done and has this team now sitting at 9-3 and three entering the bye week. Incredible. Everybody talks about the draft board and the draft in the spring. Everybody talks about free agency in March. But you've got to keep that pro personnel board up to find guys like Devondre Campbell, to find guys like, you know, Rasul Douglas, to find guys like Dominic Daphne over on offense that end up being these great performers. Yeah.